open your Bibles tonight, if you would please, to Matthew chapter 6, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to shift gears a little bit tonight. And uh, as we have um, said to you a couple of times now, we have just declared and purposed, unless the Lord leads different, that we're going to focus on one of two topics uh, between now and the end of the year in this midweek service, and that's healing for the body or how to prosper financially and materially. And tonight we're going to talk about how to prosper, amen, and talk about biblical prosperity. And uh, we'll just see how the Lord leads us, amen. And uh, praise God. I'm going to purpose to kind of preach short tonight. I, uh, I, I had to repent to the Lord. I, I could hear Dr. Dufresne from heaven. I was standing out there and it got cool, <laughs> uh, praise God, during the Harvest Festival. I, I thought, well, I should bring my coat, and then I didn't. And uh, so my voice is uh, a little bit raspy, but uh, glory to God. So anyway... The Lord is helping me. Amen? Amen. And, uh, but we'll say enough to bless you tonight and get some things over to you that will help you and just even just remind you of some things. So, Father, we thank you tonight that we have a covenant of increase. We have a covenant that is, is, it is as sure and as holy and as, uh, as a part of what you want for us as is any other blessing in our inheritance. Uh, you want us to thrive. You want us to prosper. You want us to do well financially and materially. Just like you want us to be born again and have good mental health and have the mind of Christ and have a great marriage and good kids. You want us to thrive and prosper in every area. And so, Lord, I ask you that utterance would be given unto me tonight. That, God, you would cause me to speak forth your word, your heart. That, Father God, that we could tap into your ways and uh, live in the wonderful light of what you've made available for us financially and materially. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, uh, Amen, Amen. I'm going to have us read several just verses of Scripture tonight. And uh, I'd like to start here in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus here, of course, is right in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount. And he's there uh, teaching the multitudes. And uh, let's just begin in verse 19 of this wonderful chapter. There is so much that Jesus says in verse 19 through the end down to the 34th verse about our life financially and materially. Let's take note of these wonderful words. So Jesus says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is, uh, uh, you know, money speaks loudly in the earth. And money speaks loudly in our life. Uh, you may not want to admit that, but it just does. Uh, we should never allow the voice of money to speak louder than our Father, louder than the Word. Amen. Praise God, but money and having provision is a vital necessity. It's just a common sense thing, and it just it's, it's a head scratcher for Pastor Chris uh, that the body of Christ has uh, seemed to just embrace poverty, Amen, as a trait of holiness. When the word is so vocal and so clear, do you know that there are twenty two hundred promises in the Bible, Old and New Testament? regarding finances and material blessing. That is more than any other subject there is. It's not even close. Now that doesn't mean that 
finances and money are the most important thing. They are not. But it's the most frequent thing that people trip over. Amen. Uh, in the earth today. And if there's anything that takes people away from God, amen, it's the pursuit of money and things. Amen. And uh, I wanted to talk to you tonight about letting the Father take care of you. You know, you have a Father and He wants to take care of you. And you don't have to twist His arm to take care of you. And do you know you don't have to give Him money to take care of you? My kids don't have to give me money to get me to take care of them. Now, now that doesn't undo the importance of tithing. That doesn't undo the... I tithe because I honor God. I tithe because He did command it. Amen? Praise God. But God is my Father before He is anything. Before He's anything in my life, He is my Father. It's not like we're buying, right? Bribing the, you know, the Almighty to get Him to do something that He's not otherwise inclined to do. Amen? I love to bless my family. I love to take them places. I love for them to have the things that they want, uh, the things that they need. I already told you that you know, my bent is yes. Uh, that's my bent. My kids ask me, I want to say yes. I, I can't always say yes right then. Amen? But that's my aim. And you know, that's, that's God's bent toward you. He, he, he wants you to delight in Him, and He wants you to be blessed and, and, and have and enjoy good things. Amen? But I tell you what, you know, before we read on, He said, put your treasure where you want your heart to be. In other words, that's one of the things the tithe does for us, is we do it first. Right? right? Because it, it directs our heart. Amen? It invests our heart where it needs to be. Amen? Where you are, if I could get a look at your bank records, or your, I'm not interested, but if I could, in your check registry, it would tell me where your heart is. It would tell me what you honor and what you value above all else. Amen? I don't know, I haven't done the years, I'm not, I'm not really thinking about it, but for decade after decade now, Amber and I, you could see, amen. I mean, I could have all kinds of toys I don't have, Right? Uh, because I, we give a, a good way above 10% of our annual income to the kingdom and to bless people, not just in church offerings or in meetings, but buying meals and, and going here and just being a blessing wherever we can. Amen. And, uh, but see, our heart is in the kingdom. Amen. And our money will tell you that. But he actually said, if you'll put your treasure where it ought to be, that's where your heart will be. Amen. And so in verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, in a, in a, he goes right back to talking about finances, and for years these two verses seemed out of place to me. Right? Like he just dropped that, what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with my treasure? Amen? This is a Jewish phrase. You would understand what I mean by uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. Now when Kamal first came here, he didn't know that. When I said that to him in the kitchen, he goes, what? I went, you know, it's like he thought I'm going to skin a cat. You know, you're learning a new language. You don't know what's literal and what's figurative. But a Jew would know. 
what this means. A single eye to a Jew is a generous eye. An evil eye is a stingy attitude. So he hasn't left his subject at all. It's just a phrase you'd have to be just, just, you know, study it out for yourself. But God says, you know, your whole life will be full of light. Your whole life will be blessed if you have a single eye, if you have a generous eye. You, you should decide to be generous. Just decide to be. Generous people are more blessed than stingy people. Amen. I'm going to be more generous as I go than I am today. So in verse 24, he goes on and says, No man, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. And uh, now, I like to point out in this verse, he didn't say you can't possess both. He says you can't serve both. So don't think, okay, I have to renounce prosperity. Because Jesus said, I can't have both. I can't have Jesus and prosperity. That's not what he said. He said, you can't serve both. Right? One of these two is going to be first in your life. God is going to be first, and you're going to worship and serve Him above all else. Amen? Uh, Or you're going to chase after money, and you're going to put money first. Amen? How do I know if I'm putting money first? Well, if the empty seats here tonight are because people are just working themselves to the bone... Amen. When they could come to the house of God and, and honor God and put Him first and bring their tithe and trust God, well, they wouldn't have to work all those evening shifts and stuff. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong or sinful to have to work a Wednesday night shift. I'm just saying, right? You know, people just, they just excuse themselves from the local church and bringing a supply and being faithful and come and present yourself to the house of God and, and getting under the ministry of your pastor. And it's just justified in their thinking because I've got to make money. Well, listen, making money is a necessity, but if you'll learn to trust God, if you'll learn to let God take care of you, you won't have to work 70 hours a week to, just to make ends meet. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you have to just judge yourself, who's first? What's first? If, if, if God's first, then I can possess money and God be first. I don't, I'm serving God, I'm chasing God, and money's coming after me. Amen. But He's first. I said He's first. His Word's first. His church is first. His kingdom is first. Not me. Not me. Not my wife. Not my kids. Not my rent, not my mortgage, not my groceries, not my electric bill. Pastor Chris, are you literally saying if I had a choice between groceries and your tithe, what would you do? I'm going to put my tithe in the house of God. Why? Because I have a covenant right to expect Him to change that situation. Amen. And change it fast. Amen. Really, if you're a, a tither and you know what you're doing in God's system, you'll never be at that place. I've never been at that place. Mm-mm. You know, the last time I was eating, you know, ramen noodles and potato chips to get by was, was back when I was not serving God. My, and my money would tell you where my treasure is. It was in Coors Light and Shepherd cigarettes and bar fees and all that kind of stuff. Amen. But those days are gone forever. Amen. Hallelujah. So 
in verse 25, Jesus really gets to the crux of the matter. Why do people serve the God of money and money instead of God? Well, he tells you. In verse 25, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. What's that mean? Uh, The new King James says, do not worry. Do not worry about your life. Amen? Hey, if Jesus says, do not worry about your life, and you worry about your life, what are you doing? You're sinning. You are disobeying Jesus. And people want to, you know, oh, adultery, and that's bad. Oh, fornicate, oh, that's bad. Listen, worry is a sin. Worry is a sin. Jesus said don't do it. And if you do it, you're disobeying Jesus. And worry will lead you away from God. Worry will lead you away from a right relationship with the local church. Amen. I don't know how many people we've lost over the years that God called here and they left for 50 cents more an hour to a city with no church, not a church that's going to do anything for them. Where are you going to go? Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I'm going, man, 50 cents an hour, that sounds like God to me. It sounds like the devil to me. Amen. I mean, I had a young couple doing so well. He got born. He was a drunk. He was an alcoholic. He was, he was tearing up his marriage. And, uh, but, oh, he came in and got born again and got filled with the Holy Ghost, got planted in the local church. Their marriage got turned around. Their health got turned around. He got delivered. My goodness. And then, you know, she pulled him out of the local church for 50 cents more an hour, $1.50 more an hour to go to Nashville. No church. Well, within two years, they're divorced. He's still doing gigs in the bar, as far as I know. See, that's sad. She's partially, she's going to have to answer for that one day if she doesn't repent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it, I, it's, God may lead you to go to a different city. But that's, what did I just say? God might lead you. You see... Don't let money do all your thinking for you. If you let it, money and needs will do all your thinking for you. And a lot of people, they just, they just call, they call it God when it's really money leading them. Yeah, amen. And, that, and that's just why so many fall short. They never really experience the blessing of God in their life. Because they haven't learned yet to put Him first and just simply trust Him. Now, I didn't mean that, you know, putting God first and trusting Him means sitting on the couch and not doing anything. You understand that? The Bible does not preach laziness. The Bible does not preach idleness. You know, one of the strongest scriptures in the New Testament says, For any man who does not provide for his own household, he is denied the faith and he is worse than an infidel. That's pretty strong, isn't it? So the Bible does not teach idleness. But the Bible emphatically teaches put Him first. Trust Him to take care of you. And I know that's, man, we were not raised to think like that. We were raised to be self-made men and women. Right? And to just work our fingers to the bone. Yeah. 
and just, uh, just sacrifice family life and married life and, and the local and whatever else, you know, to, to chase money and things, to keep up with the Joneses. And then I'm just saying God has got a better life for all of us. Amen. Amen. And he says right here, he just touches the heart of it for so many people. They're good people. They're sweet people. And they do love God. But they have not learned to stop worrying. Worry, worry, worry. You know, some folks, that's just, they, they, that's, they, they are full-time, professional, Ph.D.-earning worriers. Amen. And you don't really realize you've tied the hands of Jesus. You're sinning against Him. He told you not to do it. And He can't get in there and help you like He wants to while you disobey His Word. Amen. So do not worry about your life. He gets into it. What you shall eat or what you shall drink. Now that, I mean, you're getting all the way down to the basics, right? Nor yet for your body. Now, there's a lot of people worried about their body all the time. Body conscious. Body, body, body. body that's all they talk about. Body, body, body. Amen? That's what, you know, anyway, praise God. Uh, is not life, Jesus said, more than food? And is the body more than raiment or clothing? Behold or look at the birds of the air, for they, do, they sow not. You know how the birds get by? Well, they don't, they don't cultivate crops. Never saw a bird out there in the field. You know, plowing a row. Right? Because he's got to eat something. Or build, you know, they know how to build nice nests, but they, ne they never build barns to store stuff in. Amen. And what does it say? It says, praise God, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, neither do they reap. Now the implication is you do sow. And you do reap. You do gather into the barns. Yet, for the birds, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? All the wacko environmentalists need to hear the words of Jesus. Amen? I'm better than a bird. I'm better than a beetle. I'm better than a sea turtle. Amen. What is Jesus saying? If God feeds the birds. He, he, the Bible says not even a sparrow falls to the earth and God does not know it. He cares about every living thing. But he says, Dakota, you're better than a bird. God loves you more than he loves a bird. And if God is committed to make sure, and a lot of us, God has used us to feed the birds. Think about that. We spend good money on black seed or whatever, to, and we just write, Amen. And we're feed, God is using us to feed the birds while we walk the floor and worry. Amen. About how we're going to get by. You can save a few bucks by not feeding the birds so much. God feeds the birds. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. So he says, your, your, look at those words. Your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father feeds them. See, that's what God wants to be to you. He wants to be your heavenly Father. You need to maybe just receive Him like that. He is God. No, He is God. But He is my heavenly Father. He's a Father to me. 
And as a father, when God became my father, when I gave my life to Jesus, when I gave my life to Him, He took on the responsibility of taking care of me as His child. And what is He really emphasizing on, in terms of on our side so far? Don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Why would you worry about your life when God... Who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? He said, the glory is mine, the gold is mine. Amen. Is your heavenly Father. He feeds the birds. He's going to feed you. He's going to take care of you. Let Him take care of you. Yeah, I think I will. I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Amen. You're supposed to be productive. You're supposed to set your hand to something. Amen. And He'll bless the work of your hands. Really, He's just talking about what's going on in your brain. Stop worrying. Amen. Are you not much better than they? Verse 27, which of you by taking thought or worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Worrying is not going to do anything to help you. Why take you thought for clothing or raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed or arrayed like one of these. So God dressed the lily pad, which most humans will never see, better than the richest man on earth could dress himself. Who's better, you or a lily pad? Who's got more value? And if God will put, if He'll feed the birds, if He'll put feathers on the birds, if He'll dress up the lily pad, amen, amen. He's going to put clothes on your back. Amen. He'll dress you up real good. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? And here it is. What's the issue? O you of little faith. New Living says, why do you have such little faith? Faith in what? Faith in God's ability and His commitment as your Father to take care of you. Amen. It's important to settle this in your heart. Are you trusting in your skills? Are you trusting in your paycheck? Are you trusting in the government program? Are you trusting in whatever it is, your work ethic, more than God and His commitment to take care of you? See, because I've I've learned, and and not perfect, but endeavoring, He's first, I'm going to please Him first, and I'm dependent on Him. Therefore, it's easy for me in that regard to obey Him because i got to take care of Him because He's the one taking care of me. If I'm going to honor anyone, I'm going to honor the one who's promised to take care of me. You know, Chase Visa or whatever, we pay our bills. But I mean, if they were ever coming after me, listen, I'm going to honor the one who loves me. Amen. I'm not going to give my tithe to Chase Visa. Because they don't care a lick about me. They love Amber and I right now because we do a lot of credit card activity and we pay our bill. You know, we pay our bill. They, They love all that. But the moment I wouldn't be able to pay, they're going to forget all about those 20 years I was such a good customer. And what they want, they're going to take everything, they're going to want my money, they're going to turn on me. Amen? No, but my Father, He's committed to me. He loves me. And He loves you. So I'm going to honor Him. 
I'm going to put my faith in Him. I'm going to keep my eye on Him. I'm going to put my trust in Him. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And uh, so we ought to develop faith. Amen? Worry is an enemy of your faith. Worry is a great enemy to your faith. And therefore, in verse 31, he says, Take no thought saying. See, there's the real danger. You keep worrying about something, it's going to get in your mouth. And you start talking worry, doubt, and fear. And you've just shot yourself in the foot, right? Spiritually speaking, you've cut yourself off. And so he says, don't do it. Listen, you need to make a commitment. Never to worry about money and things again. And we'll all, we're going to have opportunities. We're going to have opportunities, amen, to be worried about money, to be worried about things. But when those thoughts come, we have to say, no, Jesus said take no thought. I am not going to take that thought. Well, what am I going to do with my thinker? I'm going to think supply. He said, my God shall supply. So many people are need-minded instead of being supply-minded. A need is no big deal when you know you have a supply. Be more supply-minded than you are need-conscious. If you have a legitimate need, you know this, according to Philippians 4.19, it's got a supply. It's got a supply. You get a little love letter from the IRS you wasn't expecting. Listen, you have, that has a supply. Now you can, you can freak out and you can walk the floor and you can rant and rave or you could be a doer of the word. You can say, you know what, instead of just flying off the handle and staying up all night walking the carpet, amen, uh, instead I'm going to cast that thought down and I'm going to say, Father, you see this, I, I need to pay this bill, amen, and you said you'd supply all my needs and just turn that thing over to Him, hear from Him, do the best you can, just trust Him with it. I found it. This is why I tithe pre-tax. I tithe on my gross income, not my net income, because I want God to help me come tax time. Amen. Praise God. You've got to make your own decisions about some of that. Glory to God. And so, praise God. Verse 32. Is this okay? You get a nugget or two? We're just reading the Bible, having a good time. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Uh, you know, anyway, I didn't finish verse 31. Take no thought, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? How are we going to be, how are we going to get fall clothes for the kids? How are we going to, how are we going to get Deja through college? How are we going to, whatever, how are we going to get a new transmission? How are we going to replace this car? You want to know how? You're going to look to God. You're going to trust God. You're going to follow God. You're going to get in His Word, and you're going to work His principles. That's what you're going to do. But the last thing you're going to do is worry about it. Amen. So he says, look at the Gentiles. This is what they do. They seek all these things. They spend all their time. Oh, they got to get the house. Oh, they got to get the car. Oh, they got to, uh, all this, right? That's what they're seeking. You're not supposed to be like them. I'm not supposed to be like them. Praise God. Now notice this other nugget about our Father. For your heavenly Father thinks you ought to not have any of that stuff the Gentiles have. Is that what he says? Did he say you ought to renounce prosperity? You ought to renounce. You don't need a house. 
Come on, you're a Christian. Live in a cardboard box, you know. That's not what he said. He said, yeah, the Gentiles, they're all freaked out. That's all they think about is money and things and stuff and fame and popularity and all that jazz. But he says, and your heavenly Father, what did he say? Your heavenly Father knows. What does he know? He knows you got to eat. He knows you got to wear clothes. Amen. He knows about what your family needs. Amen. He knows you got to, you need a house and in this society you need a car and you need a cell phone. Amen. And your heavenly father knows. And he doesn't just know. He's committed. He is well able to get you this stuff. On a, on, a, on a scale far better than what you could do for yourself without Him Amen. or what the world and the devil would give you if you just compromise your integrity and your faith. Rob God a little bit, take your tithe, whatever. You don't have to do that. You don't have to disobey God. You don't have to rob God. You don't have to be dishonorable. Because you have a Father. Amen. Now, maybe your earthly daddy wasn't, wasn't worth anything, but don't put that off on the Lord. God's a wonderful father. He's a caring father. He is a generous father. He is a committed, covenant-minded, paying attention, lavish, good father. Now, he could have, Jesus, the Spirit of God through Jesus could have just said, for after all, you know, for after all these things the Gentiles sink, for God knows. He could have just said, for God knows. But he didn't say that. He said, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things all these what? All these things. What things? Is he talking about spiritual blessings? That's what a lot of preachers want to say. He's talking about spiritual things. No, he's not. The whole passage, he's talking about money. He's talking about food. He's talking about clothes. He's talking about houses. He's talking about bills. He's talking about stuff. Give me that spiritual blessing stuff. Amen. He said, all these things shall be added unto you. I like the New Living Translation. It says, without even asking. Without the asking, God will add. Why? Because He loves you. He's your Father, and He knows you need it. He knows you need it. Amen. Amen. He knows your business needs workers. He knows your, he knows your business needs customers. And He knows how to get them. He knows where they are. Amen. Amen. But do we have specific instruction from Jesus here? Yes. Seek first the kingdom of, not only, but first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, we probably all, everyone in this room, everyone watching probably could quote that verse. But it doesn't matter that you knew it's there. It doesn't matter that you can quote it. It doesn't even matter that you agree with it. It doesn't matter that you wave a hanky at it. It doesn't matter that you shout hallelujah at it. It doesn't matter that you run around the building over it. Are you doing it? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God before your stuff? I mean, before your baby, before your husband, before your cell, before your rent, before your mortgage, before all of that, 
Are you seeking first God and His kingdom? And He didn't just say, seek ye first the kingdom. He said, and His righteousness. Now I was reading Dr. Dufresne's little book, you know, How to Be Rich God's Way this afternoon. And he said, of course, in this context, the word righteousness means rightness. Rightness. In other words, to flow in this, to experience the fatherhood of God, the care of God, Him taking the lead and making sure that you're abundantly taken care of, amen, requires that you be right. You have to be right. Right where? Right everywhere. Amen? You have to be right at home in your marriage and in your family. You have to be right with God toward His Word. You have to be right, amen, with morality and integrity. Not perfect, but you've got to be seeking. Notice he said seek. He didn't say be perfect at. But you need to be thinking about and going after and improving yourself and putting the kingdom of God first as a priority and then asking yourself, am I right? Am I right? See, if you're not a tither, you're not right. If you're stingy and fearful with when you know you just never participate in offerings, you never take opportunities to be a blessing, you're always hoping somebody else picks up the check at the restaurant. Come on. Come on. That's not how God does things. That's not how God's mind. You're supposed to be like Him, and He's generous. You've got to be right towards your fellow brother and sister in the body of Christ. You've got to be right towards your pastor. So listen, if you aren't, if things are being subtracted from you, if you live chronically in lack, well, we've, we've touched on some biggies here that Jesus pointed out. Number one, are you a worrier? Are you a worrier? Are you violating these specific instructions? You're worried about your life. That's all you think about. It's me, 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 and my life. See, you can't think about you first all the time. And... and, and and walk in the light of Matthew 6, 33. See, people think, me first, that's the advantageous position. But it's not. It's not. In the kingdom, where you want to be is last. Remember Jesus walked up on His disciples one day, and they were all in a little discussion about who they thought were going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, either by the word of knowledge or he picked it up and he could, he could hear what they were saying, he walked in and said, he, he did not rebuke them for their desire for great position. Right. But he said, in the kingdom, it's not so like it is in the world. He said, in the kingdom, he that is the greatest makes themselves the least. For he that is greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. What we ought to be fighting over, amen, in our homes if we're fighting is, I, bless God, no, you are going to get the best piece of bacon this morning. Come on. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> this is the better steak and you're getting it, sweetie. That's just it. I am not right. Amen. No, you, and just be preferring one another. Amen. If you get a revelation of this, he that, is last shall be first, and the first shall be last. The spirit of that, that principle is 
You're not thinking about me and mine and how they're treating me and my rights and my happiness and all of that. But your dominant thought is, what does God want? What would God do? And God would serve and God would wash their feet and God would make sure that they're happy and that they have what they want and have what they need. And then God's going to take care of me. And you think about a marriage where two people are doing that on each other as a lifestyle. Wow, that's, that's just heaven on earth right there. Isn't that right? Oh, but that flesh, that selfish flesh wants to rise up from the dead every day and mess things up. We have to crucify our selfish nature. Put down that selfish nature. Bite your tongue. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Verse 34 says, Take therefore no thought for, your, for the morrow. For the morrow, tomorrow, shall take care of itself. Right? Yep. Sufficient unto the day is the trouble thereof. Right? In other words, yeah, you've got to think about tomorrow to a degree. Amen. But praise God today. Yeah. What's on your plate today? What do you need to exercise? What do you need to overcome today? Trust God with today. Trust God with tomorrow. See, nowhere in here is tithing even mentioned. Nowhere in here is offerings even mentioned, though we know it's an important part of how the kingdom works. But when uh, God came into Dr. Dufresne's, and I'll close here, when Dr. Dufresne was in Lima, Peru, uh, he said the Spirit of God, you can read about it in that little book, I think we have it in the bookstore, uh, in Lima, Peru, in a strong way, the Holy Ghost came on him at four in the morning, and he said, 97% of my people live beneath what I've provided for them, including you, preacher. He said, so I've come to help you with your finances, and I'm going to make an example out of you. And he did. Of course, he'd been believing for many years for an airplane, he, and the Spirit of God said, I've spoken to over 500 businessmen who could buy that airplane for you cash, write it off their tax, wouldn't cost anything, but they won't listen to me. And so I'm going to give you a business, and I'm going to make you a millionaire, and you'll get that airplane through that business, and he did. Amen. And this is interesting. He said, now I'm going to let you work on this business one day a month. Mm -hmm. And God made him a millionaire, a multimillionaire, amen, working on it one day a month. That sounds like a pretty good deal. Now, what was he doing the rest of the month? Playing Xbox? No, he's, he's in the body of Christ. He's traveling. He's ministering. He's doing what God's called him to do. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Let's close over here in one more place. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. So don't just, you know, I know you've heard this over and over and over and over again, but worry is, is easy to get back over into worry. You know, worry is as close as your next need. You think you've conquered worry until the, a surprise need shows up. And then worry will be at your door. You know, man, I thought I had this handled. Yeah, you did for that last situation, but now here we are again with a new situation. And the devil will be right there saying, you're not going to get your money this time. It won't come to pass for you this time. Amen. I'm getting better. I mean, I got a little love letter this week from the IRS. Yeah, that said I owed him so much. And I thought, ah, no, I'm not falling for it, devil. I'm just not. I'm not falling for it. That's right. That's good. 
That's right. Even if I owe it, God will pay it. Come on, yeah. Yeah. There you go. But I bet I don't even owe it. Yeah. <laughs> and my accountant over here looked at it and go, nah, nah, I don't think so. You know, so we'll have to play that out. But yeah, I'm just not worried about That's it. Right. Amen. 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 You just got to learn. I refuse to worry. Yeah. If I do anything for the rest of my life, I'm not going to worry. Amen. 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 I mean, if I die tonight, bury, bury me out here. Seriously. Collect the life insurance. Pay off the building or close to it and just go on with your good selves. I wouldn't come back here anyway. But I mean, don't worry about it. Somebody dies. If you go, oh, if it happened to them, it could happen. it's going to happen to you. You know, dying is not the worst thing that could happen to a person. There's a lot worse thing that could happen to a person than dying. Amen. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, where's Chris? He's at the St. Regis. There's a lot worse thing that could happen to a person's life than to, you know, be at the St. Regis Hotel. Right. And heaven is a lot better than the St. Regis Hotel. Amen. 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 Praise God. You know, Brother Hagin's wife, they went home and had to, she had the kids in their arms and they're coming up on the stoop and and uh, she turned to him and said, uh, Kenneth, I don't think if me and the kids right here dropped dead right here on the concrete stoop that you'd worry at all. He'd said, that'd sure be stupid for me to worry. You're already dead. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> he said that didn't, that didn't make her real happy right then. But he said some years later, he heard her over to, uh, talking to a, a, a fellow friend of hers. And she said, well, one thing I've learned is not to worry. Yeah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Worry is a faith killer. Worry is a prosperity killer. Yes. And it's so unnecessary. If you get a revelation, you're better than a bird. Amen. 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 Doctor Frank got a hold of that. He got a revelation. God puts feathers on a bird. He'll put suits of clothes on me. Yes. He didn't have very many as a preacher. You know, you need to look nice and honor God. And as he would preach that to us, he'd say, it took me a while, but I would say that. God, if you put feathers on a bird, you put suits of clothes on me. Amen. And he said, now I could preach every night, every night in a meeting for 30 days and not wear the same outfit twice. Amen. He said, I learned how to tap into the Father's care. Amen. Amen. Let's read that and then we'll, we'll stop for tonight. 1 Peter chapter 5, and I want to read this from the Amplified Bible. And it says in verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves, demote and lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God, that in due time He may exalt you, casting the whole, what does that mean? W-H-O-L-E. All of it. Does that mean you get to keep some of it? No. No. Casting the whole of your care, and I like how the Amplified says this, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. How many of them? All. All of them. All of them. Well, I got a doctor's report. That includes that. Remember he said, don't worry about your body. All your concerns once and for all on Him. On who? On Him. On God. On your Father. Now why? 
for he cares. Come on, doesn't that melt your heart? What does he do? He cares. He cares. He cares. He didn't call me all these hundreds of miles from my house in Norman, Oklahoma to starve me out in the ministry. And when he assigned me, and I had to learn this, I had to learn this. When he assigned this building project to me, he didn't, there was a supply for it. Amen. Amen. And he didn't want me stressing about millions of dollars and codes and this and that and all of that. And I did worry over all of that. I thought for the first year or two, this is about a building. This is about a building. And I really realized, no, it's not about a building. It's about me. And me changing and me growing and me learning to trust Him and me and my faith and my walk with Him. I mean, when the price of the building doubled while we were going through the permit process, I tried to get God to say, well, we can't do that. And God didn't want to hear, we can't do that. And I even quoted him Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin said, pastors are bringing, building buildings way too big. And I said, Father, I heard what Brother Hagin said. <laughs> and he didn't act like he cared at all that it went from 960000 to $2.1 million, and we've got over three in it, and we're still not done. <laughs> but God doesn't, he don't care about money. He doesn't. He cares about you trusting Him. Amen. See, He cares. You know, all these contractors, when I hire them, they have this understanding. When I hire them, that means I'm either paying them as part of it to go get the material, or I'm going to provide all the material. Right. They don't show up and me go, Oh, yeah, I'm not paying you for all that drywall. I'm just paying you to hang it. No, they expect me, right? right. They expect me to provide the drywall and the mud and the tape and the scaffold and every piece of equipment and everything they're going to need to do that job. Well, listen, when God assigned your life, there's a supply that goes with your life, your personal life, and whatever He's assigned you to do, there's a supply for that also. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And you just got to learn to trust Him, learn how to tap in, learn how He does things. How does He do things? Well, He talks right. Amen. And He ties and He sows seed. Amen. And He speaks and He declares and He uses wisdom. Amen. And that's how He gets things done. That's how we have to get things done. Praise God. But I love this. He cares for you. How? Affectionately. And about you, He cares about you watchfully. Some people say, well, I care. I do. I care. And that just means, that just means, you know, I have some feelings. Right. Well, your feelings aren't going to pay my bills. Right. Right? You're, oh, I care about you so much. I need help. I need money. Well, God says, I care what is this? How does he say it in the Amplified? I care for you. I care about he I care for you affectionately. So he has that affection. Then he says, I care about you watchfully. Watchfully. In other words, he's watching over you. 
He doesn't just have fond affection for us. He's God, He's our Father, and He will do something about it for us. Amen. But what's our part in that? Goes back to not worrying. He said casting. Not carrying. See, a lot of people are carrying what they ought to be casting. Cast how much? No, okay, I'm an independent guy. I'm a hard worker. I'll hold on to half of my cares. No, that's not what he said to do. He said, cast all your cares. Cast all your worries. Cast all your concerns over onto him. Because he cares about you watchfully and affectionately. Affectionately and watchfully. Amen? So part of learning to tap into supernatural prosperity, divine supply, getting God involved with your finances is learning to not worry. As gas prices go up, don't worry. What I do is I stand there and I quietly remember, I said, thank you, Father, for the supply that pays for this gas. But it's so easy in, this, in times like these economically to go into Sam's and go, oh, they're out of paper towels. Oh, look, at, look they got milk, but it's twice as much as it was last week. That's griping. That's, and that's, that's griping. That's complaining. That's worry. If milk is $20 a gallon, I'm going to have cereal and make gravy. Right? I may buy me a cow and have Brother David Waddell come over and milk that thing for me. But I'm going to have milk. I'm going to have butter. I'm going to have cheese. I'm going to eat good. Why? I have a supply. Are you all out there? You're going home. Got to stop worrying. Don't worry. Amen. That's not the whole thing. There's things you got to do. Seek for all that. Amen. But if you're going to try to do all that and worry at the same time, yeah, you could forget it. It's not going to happen. Amen. Why don't you stand up on your feet tonight? Praise God. Now I know we're at different stages in our walks and our journeys and our development, but I tell you what, if you'll just get to know God, cultivate your walk with Him, let Him be a father to you. Amen. He wants to be a father to you. He's a father to me. Praise God. See, it gives me assurance no matter what happens in these last days. No matter how, what happens with supply chains. You know, if you can't get any favorite Christmas toy off the ship, I don't care. They've made Christmas too materialistic anyway. People freaking out. Praise God. Amen. God sent a bird with filet mignon to feed his prophet. Amen. So I'm not worried about it. Are you worried about it? Father, tonight we thank you for the reminder that we don't have to worry. And that in fact we've been instructed and commanded by the Master not to worry. Father, where where it's needful, we ask you to forgive us for worrying. We ask you to forgive us for letting our concern and our anxiety over money and finances to draw us away from seeking you first putting your kingdom ahead of our kingdom 
and, and drawing our focus and attention away from being right. So tonight, we just purpose before we go, we take all our worries, all our cares, all our anxieties and our concerns, and we cast them over onto you, Father. We give them over to you. You're, we're not big enough to handle them all, but you are. I can't control the economy. I can't make them make sense up there in Washington, but God, that's not my deal anyway. You are our Father. You know we need these things. So we just make a fresh commitment to you tonight to trust you with our food, with our clothes, with our kids, with our mortgages, with everything that we have need of in this life. And we'll just busy ourselves first and foremost with the business of your kingdom and with learning how to be and live like you. Thank you for meeting needs in this congregation tonight, financially, materially. Thank you for breakthroughs. Thank you for miracles. Like we've seen so much, so many times already this year. Thank you for firsts for many of us, God. For all of us, Father. And I thank you for blessing us to bless others. Glory, glory, glory. Father, we could just live with an open hand and an open wallet. Sowing here and sowing there. Blessing here and blessing there. We just continue to reap, reap, reap. Increase, increase, increase. I just so thank you, Father, tonight for a newfound rest in our spirits tonight. As we lean into the bosom of the Father. I'm so glad I have a Father. <laughs> I'm so glad I have you, Father. And your word from, that we could hold on to. We just give you praise, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. This frees us to follow the leading of your spirit. And not worry about money and things. And I just thank you for it. Thank you for your blessing upon the people tonight as they go. That your angels escort them to their place of destination tonight. And as they lie their head down on their bed. Their sleep shall be sweet. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen and amen.